inviting us in this time of worship and of love and to seek after you. Be with us now, God. Let your spirit come and enter in, Lord. We pray not just for ourselves, but for those across the world that they may come and worship your holy name. That they may know who you are. And that you may bring them to a place of eternal life. Guide us now to hear your blessed word this day. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. one of those days where everything's kind of going wrong? I've preached this message before, right? (laughs) Y'all remember this. Um, It's one of those days where you wake up and it's just like everything is kind of just, uh, there's no other word to describe it. Maybe it's the season of the year. You ever think that way? As we find ourselves in this time and this place and we just can't enjoy what's around us because there's something else to do. You know, we got 9,000 lasagna pans that have to be baked before tonight, and we're not baking them here. Wendy, I love you. (laughs) We have others that are probably stressing about events this afternoon. We have choir that are hoping and praying that the song is going to sound beautiful and the word of God will be proclaimed. We have have people that are going this week that are their last week at school, and kids, y'all are crazy this week. Did you know that? Beth, amen, right? It's just one of those days. It's one of those weeks, and I think we get to that season of the year, and we say maybe it's just us. And so we look at this season, and we've been looking at this season of Advent, and we've titled it Simple Christmas. Kind of getting out of the the run and the go and the do and living here and now with what God has called us into to reach out with him in, in peace. And today we're looking at, at living contently, contentedly, I can't say that, being content with where you are. I grew up in church every Sunday. I could only miss if I was actively throwing up or had a fever greater than 101, Okay. So I didn't miss many church. In fact, I still had to dress. I'm hoping my father is not subconsciously seeing me today because he would have a mini heart attack because jeans were not acceptable ever in my church. And to even think about wearing tennis shoes, right? So I've just told on myself. So if he does listen to this, I'm sorry, Dad. (laughs) But I had to dress. I had to be there. And, And at some point, it was an expectation placed upon me. You have those, any of these expectations that you just feel and experience and even set upon your kids? And I'm probably the same as what my parents were. My girls' hair is curled every morning before church. They have the bows in their hair most of the time. If they make it through the door with the bow still on their head, we've done good. It's just one of those things. But, But we all have these levels of expectation, and we keep raising them. I wish I had the image, but maybe you've seen it, of the Christmas tree that is hidden behind the presents. Have y'all seen this? It was a storm on social media. Each kid got, what, 85 presents? Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's not living simply. 
That's not experiencing what this season is about. Yes, Christmas is fun. Our kids want stuff. It's a blessing to be able to give them. But do we have to give to that degree? Let's look at our scripture. Because John the Baptist is still preaching. In fact, I want to call this a sermon today, what John the Baptist, he makes three points in a poem. Excellent for what preachers do today, right? This point, this point, this point. And let me wrap it up with this nice little poem. So let's look at our scripture today. It comes from Luke chapter 3, verses 7 through 18. And I'm reading from the Common English Bible. Then John said to the crowd who came to be baptized by him, You children of snakes. So he starts his sermon off real good, doesn't he? You children of snakes, who warned you to escape from the angry judgment that is coming soon? Produce fruit that shows you have changed your hearts and lives. And don't even think about saying to yourself, Abraham is our father. I tell you that God is able to raise up Abraham's children from these stones. The axe is already at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be chopped down and tossed into the fire. The crowds asked him, what then should we do? He answered, whoever has two shirts must share with the one who has none. And whoever has food must do the same. Even the tax collectors came to be baptized. They said to him, teacher, what should we do? He replied, collect no more than you are authorized to collect. Soldiers asked, what about us? What should we do? He answered, don't cheat or harass anyone and be satisfied with your pay. Should I go back and read that again? Be satisfied with your pay. Verse 15. The people were filled with expectation, and everyone wondered whether John might be the Christ. John replied to them all, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than me is coming. I'm not worthy to loosen the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The shovel he uses to sift the wheat from the husk is in his hands. He will clean out his threshing area and bring the wheat into his barn. But he will burn the husk with a fire that can't be put out. With many other words, John appealed to them, proclaiming good news to the people. This is God's word for us today. And as we think about it, we can just let John the Baptist preach. He tells us very clearly, probably questions we even ask ourselves, right? What should we do? If you have two shirts, anybody get more than two shirts? Share with one who has none. The tax collectors come even to be baptized and they said, what should we do? Don't collect more than you're authorized to. Don't, more, don't overstep your bounds. Don't do what you think you should do to get more money for yourself. Do what is fair. Do what is right. Do what is ethical. The soldiers ask, what about us? What should we do? Don't cheat or harass. And be satisfied with what you have. You see, John starts with a very bold statement. 
I love, the, uh, there's other versions, and one that says, you brood of vipers. You brood of vipers. I mean, he cuts right to the chase. He doesn't build us up. You know, I had this story when I was a kid. My dad made me dress a certain way. He doesn't do that, does he? He cuts right to the chase, and he says, listen, you're not living right. Who do you are that you think you can escape this judgment of Christ? Christ is coming. We hear this, and you know it's two weeks away from Christmas, right? Like Christmas is coming. Santa is arriving. Presents have to be ready. Food has to be there. And we're sitting there and we're thinking, you brood of vipers. How is this supposed to make us feel good? How is this supposed to bring us into the Christmas spirit? Oh, Jesus, come. No, you snakes. We're not living what God has called us to live, are we? <laughs> it's hard to stand here and preach this sermon knowing what's already under our Christmas tree. Knowing what I've already decorated and, and set out and, and what is yet to be spent. It's hard to me, for me to hear this message knowing that I've probably not given what I need to give. I've not been satisfied with what life is offering. And there's maybe times that I haven't been ethically right in my living. Anybody else agree? No, it's just you, Stephanie. It's just the preacher. Good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> but today... Today when we light the joy candle, today when we come and worship and we, oh, come, adore him. What peace he brings. But then this sermon, this scripture gives us that unrest. Maybe that's what we need to hear today. Maybe we need to break ourselves off of what we have to do, the stress, the struggle of what's next. And we need to hear that we're not living what God has called us to in this season of the year. It's simple Christmas because it's about Christ in us. How are you living? How are you responding to what God is challenging with and what he's convicting you of? John's words really pull at us. They even make us feel bad. But the good thing is, is we can move from being a snake, a brood of vipers. And we can move and start living in a world that we are here in this place. And we are worshiping God. In a few moments, we turn and we take in Holy Communion. And I'm going to be honest, I've heard people say we're doing that every week again. And this is where I say, you brood of vipers, yes! <laughs> this is a chance for us to come and to worship God. We trust in Scripture that tells us where two or more are gathered. That Christ is there in, in the midst of us. Christ is here in this place because I believe our hearts are genuine. We're looking to him. We're guiding. We're seeking direction. We're wanting to follow after the Christ who is teaching, who is coming, who is going to reign again. And yes, John the Baptist is probably teaching us a very harsh statement. 
But in coming to receive in communion, we remember Christ's life for us. We remember as though he's here. This isn't just the Easter story. This is an every day of the week story where he gave his life for us. That we may be the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. You see, we need that redemption. We need that forgiveness. We need to remember that Christ died for us. And in remembering that, we experience the blood, the cup of salvation. I was in seminary. You may have heard it referred to as the cemetery because it was a grave a lot of times. But I was there and we were in worship one day and we had younger children coming to be part of the service. And we had chalices about as giant as this one, okay? These are pretty significant bowls of juice. And we were serving different services, and, and one of the little boys was trying to lift it up so the person could. And as he was lifting, you kind of see how his hands did, right? And the grape juice just poured all over his white robe that he was wearing. The leader of worship that day did not skip a beat. He said, just as we all come to receive in the cup of salvation and be washed clean, may the marks on us be taken away, just as this young child has demonstrated, like it was purposely meant to be that way, right? We can experience that at this table. We can experience redemption and forgiveness. We can experience direction for our life. It's not just a come because, you know, it's, it's bread. My children love to come forward and get the bread and the juice. Lily Grace goes, I dip it. And she wants to dip it every time now. Um, hot dog buns, Oreos, whatever. We want to dip it in juice. But when we come... We come to receive what God is pouring out into us. He's pouring out his hope. He's pouring out peace. He's offering us joy. If we would just put aside what the world is offering at this time and receive the body and blood of Christ and receive what God is putting into us, and to share that with the world. And not leave here asking, well, what am I to do? We're supposed to live with what God has given us. And serve how he's called us. And speak with power and boldness of belief in our heart and our faith. That the light of Christ would not go from here dull and void. But it would light up this world. And people would know Christ this season. It's a time for us to come and experience him. With many other words, John appealed to them, proclaiming good news to all people. A lot of times preachers start their sermons with the good news. The Lord be with you. And also with you.
John starts harsh. And maybe we need to hear that. But he moves us in his scripture, in his word today, to experience the good news. And we move ourselves to the table to experience the presence of God. That we can live with what he's given to us. Will you join me as we pray? Mighty God, in this time,